<clears throat> All right. So can I tell you about Tough Mudder? Wait, wait, I got to introduce. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Inside with Outsiders. My name is Jeremy. It's Gary. And today I have an old friend of mine, old but young, Brian Winston. Thank you for uh, being here. Hey, man. Glad to be here, man. Uh, it's awesome <laughs> that you're here. I know before the camera started rolling, we started talking about the world's toughest mother because we recently had uh, Stephanie Bishop, the beast, I nicknamed her that, uh, interview. And we're talking about toughest mother. And you said you, you did a toughest mother. I did tough, a I tough did, mother. I did tough mother. No, yeah, I did tough mother. Yeah, about, tough. It's probably about six or seven years ago I did a tough mother. And so you even do. <laughs> right, the reason why I came so, up is because we're talking about Steph. And, then, yeah. and he's asked me if I ever did a tough mother. And I was like, no, nah, I haven't done it. But I'm, I, she convinced me I'm going to do one in October with her. All right, so I should just let then you Then he know. laughed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 so it's fun. It's mad fun. <laughs> it's he mad. just said it's effed up, but it's fun. <laughs> no, it's, no it's, it's, yo, it's, mad, it's mad fun. It's mad fun. Like you're, it's like you feel like a kid. You're playing in mud. That's not what you said when the camera was off. But <laughs> there's two parts where you're actually electrocuted. Oh, yeah, she told me. She said, you can skip whatever parts you want to skip. Like, I'll probably skip the electrocution part. No, yeah, she made, she made mention about getting shocked a few times. Yeah. She was yo, it's, talking about you it. really get a, it, yo, it's, How bad? It hurts, yo. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it hurt. Like, How yo, bad? I, I thought it was like, okay, yeah, a little bit of a shock. Like, I was like, ow! <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, wait. <laughs> is it every, is it every time, is it like... An obstacle course where we have to go through that electric, uh, electrocution part many times. Okay, so you're you're going right, and you're doing the things, and you're going, you're climbing, you're falling into mud water and stuff, yeah. and then you get to a place, and it's not like they say, okay, this is the place where you're gonna get electrocuted. Oh, you don't know. You're just like this is what's happening now. Like you cry, like the first one, you crawling, you're crawling your hands and knees underneath is like it's like barbed wire. And like there's these like cables that are hanging down, and the yeah. cables, some of them have, have electrical current going yeah. through. Some of them don't. So you crawl along. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> is it like, how bad? Is it like? It's like um. Like what would you compare it to? It's have you know, have you used electro stim and and someone like cranks it up on you and your arm goes. Yo, it hurts yo. It hurts. I'm not going <laughs> to you. It hurts. It hurts. Hurt. Like, so there's, there's a part where you're crawling on the ground, and, that, and that's alarming, right? It's like, fuck, that sucks. Can I curse on here? I don't even yeah, know. you can okay. curse if you want. Okay, so then, um, then at the very end, so that's the first time it happens, and at the very, very end of it, there's a, a field you run through. And the field is like, it's like they're hanging from this, like, thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a whole, it's like hundreds. You're of not them. convincing me to do this. And right some now. of them aren't unless you. And some of them are. Right. Some of, and I did it with a client. So there's two time. parts. There's the one where you're climbing the water parts. and one in the field. Okay. There may be another part too. That I remember the two parts. And I did it with a client of mine at the time. This is when I was personal training still. Yeah. I did it with a client of mine, and he was knocked to the ground by it. What? <laughs> yeah, was I'm he like, a little guy? No, he's my size. Yeah, my size. He's probably like six two, probably two hundred pound guy. That's close to, I'm like 6'2", 190. All right, then that just settles it because she said it, it, oh, it was like a little tingle. It wasn't that yeah. bad. Yeah, but sh she's not normal. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I love her. She's, I, she was one of my favorite interviews so far, and yeah. she inspired me, and I want to do this with no, her. No, no, listen, don't, but, listen, just do it. I went through yeah. it. I'm, I'm okay. We're fine. It, it's only for one second. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You'll in, really enjoy it. You'll feel like you really accomplished something at the end. So just I'm do it. For it. My, my biggest concern is just, not getting injured uh, and i don't mean injured by like getting shocked but like pulling a muscle like that's what i but you play ball right well exactly i pull i pull muscles playing ball on occasion oh uh, you'll be all right no, i'm I not worried like right. super worried <laughs> i'm just thinking to myself like you know that's my biggest concern uh, and, and that's that's not a major concern like, as long yeah. as i don't like 
an Achilles injury or ACL, I'm good. But you know what? Basketball is like explosiveness. Yeah. Like someone will go a certain way and you got to explode and right. go another way. This is not like that. It's like endurance. You're jogging along right. and there's stuff that you do, but it's not like it's not like there's any type of how, like. How far was the one you did? The one she's talking about doing was like nine miles. I think it was something like that. So I think yeah, that's like, like the nine, entry level like tough mother. Yeah, it's not. All right. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you you wear you wear, you, you put on like a outfit and you just go and I saw one dude was wearing a full suit. Really? And yeah, he's wearing, wearing like a, a full uh, full suit. Like people do. He's fun peacocking. Stuff. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it looked like fun. It yeah. it's it's a lot. It's I'm a up lot for it. I do like I like I do like a physical fine, challenge. Man. You're so. an athlete. You're in great yeah. shape. To me, there's, there's there's gonna be people who are in worse shape. Believe me. Well, yeah. I mean, I. I'm competitive though, so I'm worried about myself in the sense where seeing these guys that are in better shape, I'm like, no, I'm not letting them pass me and so, then injure myself. But that's the thing though, like the way it is, it's not really like a competitive thing. It's like everyone's like, well, come on, guys, let's what do you it told together. Me that there's a first wave of the actual co competitive people who train for this, and then there's a wave of everyone else. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm, we're not doing the competitive, we're not competing to go to the next tough mutter. By, yeah, by we were means. just trying to have a good time and just finish the thing, and that's mm -hmm. all it was. It was about the experience of it. it wasn't like I was trying to beat someone's you did time it, or anything. I'm gonna do it. Just do it, man. You feel like doing it again? You may get a, No, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if, if they said, listen, because it, it was like, why are, you, why, why are we getting shocked now? Yeah. Come on, we're adults. What are we doing now? You yeah. gonna throw, what are yeah. we doing? Now, I, I get shocked now. I got paid to get shocked at a thing <laughs> now. So I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> Come on. All right. Well, enough of Tough Mudder. But you'll enjoy, you'll have a great time. You'll enjoy it. You'll feel like you accomplished something. You had a fun time. You'll I like that feeling. And especially, yeah, you know, great, as an adult, I play basketball. I feel that accomplished sometimes. But it's hard, other than career-wise, in your personal life to feel those those accomplishments like you did when you're playing, like, college or high school ball. Yeah, if it, like, as, as adults, right? Yeah. Like, like, childhood, there's lots of opportunities to feel that sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, as an adult, it's not set up that way, really, right? Well, it's not, you can set it up for yourself you that way. And that's, yourself. I'm sure that goes into like what you're doing now. But before we get into what you, what you've gone into career wise, uh, let's talk Does about what, <laughs> did you slip acid in his drink again? It's a fly and it's like, it was like angel dust looking like Smokey and Debo's pigeon coop. <laughs> exactly. Put it down. What Jeremy? What you're you supposed say? to microdose that buddy. What? <laughs> This is beautiful. Let's, let's get let's get to <laughs> where are you from, man? Um, I'm from New York. I'm from Westchester. Mm -hmm. I was born in Maryland. Uh, a lot of people, you know, if you say you're from New York and you say you're from Westchester, New York is like you're from, you're from New York. But I, I, that. That's so New York. I, I, no, no, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. If you're not from the five boroughs, you're not from New York. Right. Okay. Like this guy over here. Did you you went to high school? <laughs> are you from Yonkers? It's so Yonkers is Westchester. Yeah. Yonkers is like Southern Westchester. It's okay. like Southern Westchester is like Yonkers. Right, see, right. you thought Yon I was tripping on acid. Yonkers yeah. gets a pass because it's literally right above the Bronx. Oh, Yonkers see, gets and because the locks is from there. Uh, yeah. Oh, the <laughs> locks. Yeah, locks of Yonkers. Yes. But that's that's Westchester. That's Southern yeah. Westchester. So I, I'm from Northern Westchester. I didn't grow up in. Okay. I grew up. I grew up in the sticks, man. Really? Yeah. Where, where in Westchester? Don't you laugh? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I will not be mocked on this show. <laughs> I, I, I That's why you're here, by the way. So you're from, you're from Westchester, so you're above Yonkers like that. I got people that, that are from like uh, Rochester, not Rochester, um, like Rockland. New Rochelle. Yeah, which is right above Jersey. Right. To me, that's you're not New Yorker. You're just upstate. That's not a New Yorker. What's funny is I can, I'll call it upstate, but it's actually downstate. It's like yeah, it's it's 45 like, minutes from New York City. Because New York is humongous. But anything beyond New York City is upstate. Exactly. <laughs> to, to New York, to so people from New York City, yeah. yes. Yeah. But if you talk, if I talk to someone from Albany and I say from upstate, they'll be like, nah, you're not from upstate. Right. 
So we're like someone in, from Buffalo and Albany's not upstate. Yeah, either. right. It's all perspective, man. It's um, all perspective. So, so yeah. that's where you're from. Uh, yeah. When you were born in Maryland, I was born in Maryland. How old were you when you moved to Yonker, uh, I, Westchester? Uh, Westchester. So I, I was like five years old, I think. Okay. I think it was the, it was the su- it was the summer before the first grade. I moved to, to yeah. New York, um, which was a uh, pretty interesting man. Like I don't know if you ever watched like The Wire. Yeah. Right. But you know. In the early 80s, things started getting really rough in Maryland, in D.C. area, because of the crack at, you know, um, epidemic. Oh, yeah. So my father had the foresight to be like, you know what, we gotta, we gotta, we have to get out of here. We can't, we can't be here, for, you know, for this, you know. So um, he worked, he worked for IBM. He got a transfer um, to Westchester, so he moved the family to Westchester and Is- just in time. So because you know. As you've seen on the wire, things yeah. got pretty funky in, in in Baltimore, Maryland area. Was he from Maryland? Yeah, my father's from Maryland. And your mother was They're from both from Maryland. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Both. Who from they? They didn't know. You don't have any family in New York? No. We really? Had, we. I think we may have some like some like distant relatives. I think that may be up here, but I don't know. I mean, I, from what I know, we're the we're the first we're the first New Yorkers. That's that's. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Maryland, um, Maryland and Virginia area. That's funny. So uh, you went, you went to most of your schooling was in New York and Westchester. Yep. Yeah. High school yep. as well. High school. High school. Ba- yep. Play, oh, oh. Played, played basketball and played ran ran track. We did a little bit of football. Any accolades from the sports? I think I was a uh, all league track. I think. What was your long event? jump? Oh, high jump. High jump. Low. High jump. Oh, yeah. High jump. That's challenging. I, yeah. I, you know, I only, I only did it one year. I did it because my girlfriend at the time was in the track. Gotcha. But you won some awards. So good thing. Yeah, I kind of wish I'd done it earlier because I realized that, like, running track made me better at other stuff. Like, what kind of oh, God, like, after I was done with track season, I could jump out the gym. Yeah. It was crazy. See, I didn't run track. I, I ran a little bit of track in high school, but I was tiny in high school. I was, like, 4'11 at 14. Really? When did you have your growth, growth spurt? 17. 17, wow. 18, yeah. What, what was your growth spurt like? Like, how many, like, like how uh, did you grow? So, I was, at 14, I was 4'11. 15, I was 5'4". One, five, three, 16, okay. five, 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 six, 17, five, seven, but ended 17 at five, 10, 18, six feet, 19, six, one, 26, two. Oh, so you, it was, yours was gradual. Yeah. I mean, no, but it, from 17, it was five, seven to five, 11 or something like that, or five, 10. Oh, okay. So it was, that was the most in one shot. Oh yeah. So for, I guess it was the same for me too. By around 17, I went from five, 10 to six, two over like a year. And it was weird because you buy, your mom buys you clothes, right? How tall are you now? I'm 6'4". Okay. So your mom buys you clothes and you think they fit. Yeah. They fit at first. Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the year. And now you're wearing high waters. Yeah. In high school. Well, it was a super baggy back then. So I had the baggy and it became oh. baggy high waters. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pull, it was a good thing it was cool to like have your pants around, yeah. around your hips. because you Exactly. Know, had to, you know, had to, I couldn't walk around with them high words. So man. when you I, were no, high, my friends, no, no, my friends high school awful. kids are vicious. Oh my god! Yeah, hey, man, one of them is right there. <laughs> oh, high school Bams. kids are oh, not. Yo, they're not on. nice to each other. No, they're, <laughs> they're not. not nice to each other kids no. in high school, man. Like, um, like nowadays they talk about. I, I know it's different, right? I, I, I get that it's different now, right? When kids pick on each other because of the internet and it, it could not stop. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you you, you, get, you get bullied at, at school and you go home and you're still getting bullied online, right? So I know yeah. it's a lot worse, but man, like, we really had to go. We really went through it with each other, man. We really were. <laughs> I, think, I think kids still do, but now like the whole thing about bullying, right? Yeah, but I don't think it stops them. 
I don't know. I'm, I think no, there's I'm always gonna be. You can't stop bullying. It's just the way. I but think also, it's the, who was it? Was it Chris Rock or someone talked about how like private school doesn't prepare? It was, no, I think it was uh, Dave Chappelle. Maybe private school doesn't prepare people for real life. Non-bullying, bullying prepares people for real life. Because in life, you're gonna deal with. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condoning it by any means, no, but it's no. life lessons. Right, right, know? right. I know, and I know we've had to put a little bit of the brakes on it because of because of the internet. We have to kind of check ourselves and. But to some degree, if you watch like if you watch like animals, right? If you mm-hmm. watch like like lions or tigers, yeah. right? They fight. Yeah. Like the, the the cubs fight each other. It's like normal, right? Mm-hmm. But with humans, though, I think you know recently probably had, you know started to take it too far, and we had to kind of back up a little bit. But there's something about dealing with people who are difficult, you know, whether it's a bully or whether it's a teacher who's an asshole mm-hmm. or it's an instructor. I, I had a coach who was oh yo, he was awful. Like yeah. he would say. He, Winston, you're the worst basketball player I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like, that's not nice. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? I had, I had but, a college coach was, like, calling us pussies. And <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it hurt and it sucked. And, like, it's it, – but to some degree, like, you grow from that adversity. You grow yeah. from that difficulty. But I think you said there's a, there's a fine line. It's like to some degree, right? Right. There's, there's that line, and who knows where to draw that line, right? It depends it's on the individual. Right. And I'm sure you, given what you're doing for, you know, you want to tell people what you do now? I mean, you started off, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit. No, it's cool. What, let's, let's backtrack to high school a little bit. What, what did you want to do uh, for work when you were in high school? Oh, it changed. It was all kind of stuff, man. Like, I think when I, if you would have asked me in eighth grade, I wanted to be a backup dancer. <laughs> <laughs> for what? Like, Cause like back in that time, right? Like there was the rapper, the DJ, and they had backup dancers. Yeah. And the backup dancers just seemed like a cool job to have. Like you didn't have the responsibility of having to rap, and you didn't have the responsibility of being a DJ, but you could be on stage. Your logic <laughs> actually makes sense. Puffy, <laughs> Puff, P Diddy, Sean Combs. He started off as a backup dancer. He was also a promoter though. He was a backup dancer for Granddaddy IU before he was even a promoter, and then he really? was a promoter, and then he grew from. But that's how he started off, Puffy. From what I stole your Maybe path. He stole your path. Mark, listen, he stole my path. We can't forget J Lo. She was a backup dancer. Yeah. On, she was fly girl. Color. Right. She, she was a fly girl. girl. Living color. Exactly. She's a yeah. fly girl. Look man. where she is now. Yeah. Look where she is now. Fifty, looking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're married. Be be careful. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but J Lo, come on. <laughs> you got to pass with that, come right? Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> man, um, so that's you, amazing. So backup dancer. What else? Was there anything that was like a more traditional job that you wanted? No. Which is fine. Nah, like, so there was that, and then there was, like, I guess, you know, we have our hoop dreams. Yeah. If you ask me in ninth grade, I want to be a, but I don't know how serious I was about that. But I didn't know for a while, man. I didn't really Mm -hmm. know for a while. And then when when I got to school, I I thought. College, you're saying? Yeah, when I got to college, it was, it still was like a question mark. I went to Rutgers University. Hmm. Yeah. New Brunswick? New Brunswick, yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. Would you, would you, I mean, you weren't in the side, but when you just had to decide your major. So I, so I, I was thinking, you know, it would be cool to write commercials. I think I'm a pretty funny person. I can write commercials. Mm-hmm. But there was no, like, there's no, like, advertising degree. So then there was. Not, oh, not at Rutgers. Not at Rutgers. Okay. So there was, like, you got to either do, you got to do marketing is the closest thing to it. Yeah. So I tried to get into Rutgers Business School, and I got hit with that accounting one. Mm. I'm not. <laughs> Yo, I'm not a like, math's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, was I, math. I don't do numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One, two, five, D, X, Y. You know, I don't what know. really screwed me up was when they started <laughs> mixing numbers and letters in algebra. 
I'll so, be, I failed algebra three years in a row. Yo, man. I, I don't even know if it's even numbers. It's like it's like that organized kind of thinking. Like right now for me, it's spreadsheets. I don't anytime someone's like, all you have to do is a spreadsheet, I'm like, what? You do a spreadsheet. <laughs> I, I actually I actually love spreadsheets. What? I don't like making them. I can make very basic spreadsheets, but like like Javier, who's part of Outsiders, who we interviewed as well. This dude can make a movie through formulas and spreadsheets. Like he can make the Matrix in spreadsheets. Oh, man. And I, I, I admire that. I'm like, I wish I, I could. I do admire that. Yeah. I admire that. Someone who could, who's that organized thinking. Maybe it's because I never really learned Excel. Maybe that's right. another thing. Maybe I just never learned Excel. That, well, Maybe you obviously learned, didn't. <laughs> I did not learn Excel. And I, and at this point, I'm 43, man. I'm not learning. I'm not learning Excel, right. man. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I rather, I rather, I rather pay somebody to, to help me do that part of the business. Yeah. Well, at least learn the basics. No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> not at all. Yo, I used to have a coach. So when I when I, when I was going through coaching school, I had a coach, and he would talk about like, yeah. So all you have to do is write, do a spreadsheet, and it would, it would just be like, I'm not doing. I'm so what what methods of organization do you use? I mean, you run your own business. Yeah. So I have somebody. Like okay. I, have, I have a bookkeeper. Okay. He's my business manager, and they do all my back end stuff for me. Okay. Um, if I have to, if I if it comes down to organization for me, I just you know. Pen so and you pad. know how to read it and follow it. You just can't create it. Yeah. And okay. I, yeah, I'm not gonna create a web. And it could be right. It could be just that I just don't know how to use Excel. Right. If someone taught me how to do Excel, but I yeah. have no interest in learning Excel. Well, I'm not learning. You don't. Excel. You, don't need, you don't seem to need it right now, right? I don't need it. So you, hit, you got hit with accounting 101. And accounting, then, and I was like, that's the, first, that's the only class in college I ever failed. Okay. I, like, failed it. I had to, t I, I had to take it again. I think I got, like, C it a second time. And you celebrated that. Yes. So then, no, it was weird. It was funny, man. So now I'm, a, now I'm an executive coach. But what's funny was I took a – Wait, a, I'm going to have you explain what an executive coach is. Some people may not know what that means. I, okay. So an executive coach, so – um, how can I say, what, am, what do I do? What do I do? It's, it's difficult to say what I do. I mess with people's thinking. I mm -hmm. talk to people who are in leadership positions about what their goals are and how they're going to get there. And I help them to see a different perspective through the way that I ask questions and listen. What is the difference between a life coach and an executive coach? We use a lot of the, it's a great question. We use a lot of the same tools. Um, but the, the context through which I speak with people is about business and about leadership. Okay. So we use the same tools. We ask questions. We listen. We use our curiosity. We use space. Um, we hold space for people. But I'm not what just do you mean talking about holding space for people. Holding space for people. So for me, my belief is that, that especially for the people who, who I talk to and people who I deal with and people who I work with, they really do know the answers to their challenges. Like you really know the answers, mm -hmm. right? All you need is the space to sit there and be with it for a minute. So, so much like a therapist who basically, they don't give you advice. They ask you questions so you make the realizations on your own. That, right, right. That's what, exactly what it is. What, what are the qualifications necessary to be an executive coach? So, you could read a Tony Robbins book and be an executive. <laughs> There's no qualifications. It's a very low bar to entry so, to be so a coach. What, why would someone trust you to do it? So, there's a very low bar to entry, but... There's also a big difference between the a really good coach and a really shitty coach. It's a huge difference. So how how would you decipher the good versus the bad? Well, the only way that each person would be able to decipher the good from the, from the bad is to actually have a conversation with someone and see what happens in that conversation, mm -hmm. right? So if you're in a conversation with someone and and light bulbs are going off and you're seeing things differently and you're seeing better uh, a different um, perspective on things a more um, resourceful perspective on things if you feel better then this person may be the match for you 
Right. So your goal is to be able to pull answers out of the person that they already have these answers, but you're pulling these answers out of them. Right. So, I just give you the space. Mm -hmm. I give you the space. I sit and I ask you a question and I let you work it out. And how's it going for you right now? It's going great. I, I love it, I know it's man. a new business for you. I love it, man. I love it to death. I love it to death. Are you making a living right now doing yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. That's all I do right now. Great. How'd you, what were you doing before? How'd you get into life coach? Uh, executive coaching, sorry. So before that, I was a personal trainer. I was a personal trainer, actor, and I was a model for a while. Yes, you were the face of Hennessy. I was. I remember that when we first started. Yeah. Buy liquor, ladies and gentlemen. You was the face you. of Hennessy. I remember that. I remember like, <laughs> like I didn't really need help going into events, but I remember a couple of events. It was like I didn't know anyone in the door. Oh, like, wow, we was, went to that. Yeah, we yes. went to that Hennessy event one time. Yeah, it was Hennessy event. I didn't know anyone there. I'm like, damn, I guess we gotta go. Then up walks Brian. <laughs> and like, oh, it's Brian, the face of our brand. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm with him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. What was that? That was that big. That, that was big, at, um, that at big Terminal studio. Five. Yeah, Terminal Five. Right, yeah. right. That was oh man, those are the good times. Yeah, those are the good times. So, so you, so out of college, so, you were you a personal trainer? Or did you. So, I, so out of college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. 1996, I graduated from Rutgers University, and that's when in '96 it was like the time where like the male supermodel was the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's that movie with Ben Stiller? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Huh? Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got our own Zoolander, Zoolander on the show today, guys. Kids who can't read good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo, yo. Gasoline fight. Give the camera your best, uh, what is it, blue steel? Blue yeah. steel? Blue let's, steel. Let's see your best. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know. It's all he the same pretty. face. Am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> <laughs> So wait, that's what you did out of college. You, so, so well, you yeah. must have been. You weren't modeling in college. Well, okay. So, I started modeling in college, but not professionally. It was like local shows and stuff like that. And again, like around that time, you started hearing about Tyson Beckford had a million dollar contract. Marcus Schenkenberg was making you know millions of dollars a year. The guys were making millions of dollars a year just for taking pictures. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed like it was an easy thing to do, a fun thing to do. And I got caught up in the glamour. Right, you get caught up in watching the television shows and seeing E, and then the models are playing volleyball on the yeah. beach, and it seems like that's the that's the whole life of it. But I didn't know that behind that, there's a there's a industry behind that. Like that's right. the glamour of it, which is, but that's which not is common it. when it comes to jobs that are public forward facing. Right, you, know? you think you think that you know you see the result. Yeah, you get paid to to party. You get paid to you party. Get to pay, you get paid to be in clubs and party. I'm like. No, right. man. I got to pay to be on the phone for eight hours a day before <laughs> right. the party starts. Right. Yeah. Right, right. They, they, people see the result. And they yeah. believe that the result is the thing, but the mm -hmm. thing, that's not the thing. Right. That's not the thing. Like being, like being a rapper, right? People see being a rapper, you're on stage and the girls and the chains and all that stuff, but you don't see the hours and hours and hours in the studio writing and rewriting. Handing out CDs when you should be handing out USB. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Let's, can we stop for a second and just talk about that? So... You're selling CDs in the street? Come on, baby it's dog. It's 2021. No one, no one has a CD player anymore. Stop I that. Don't just try to sell me a CD. Like, I don't have a CD player. Yeah, I wish. What is this thing used for? I know. <laughs> Spend your time, please, you know, online. Find something else. I mean, I get it. You want to hustle. You want to whatever. On that note, I, I think I have a business idea. We got to talk about it after the episode. I want to put it out there. I'm not selling CDs. No, no, no. I'm not talking about selling ideas, but I'm talking about an idea so these people can actually get their music out there. They're, they're not, they're not what, using like, it. Is it called the internet? <laughs> <laughs> it is the internet. But well, show them an easy way to do it. Ah, right, let's talk. Okay. Yeah, I'm always up for cool. a business idea. Um, 
Don't um, forget, man. Put no, put a sticky note. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> uh, where were we? Where so were so we? You, you got caught up in the glamour and glitz of so, yeah, so what, I, it, what it seemed like. I thought that's result. what it was. Yeah. But then, you know, as I, you know, as I started to work in the industry, you start to realize that it's not, that's not what This it is, is after college. This is after college. So I had dreams of being a model, right? I wanted to be a man. <laughs> <Is that> funny? Brian, what's that? I try to keep a straight face, but hey, I can't. Hey, you know what it is? You want to have an easy job. I want to have an easy job. I want to yeah. have an easy, fun job. I'm 20. I, I hear you. I'm 22 years old. You know, I want to have an easy, fun job. Yeah. And that seemed like an easiest, the easiest, funnest job you right. could have. So I'm like, sign me up. Let's do this thing. Yeah. But then you start realizing that it's a lot more, it's, it's very competitive yeah. because it, the, because there's so many guys at that time that got caught up in the, the glamour of it. It's like you have so much competition now. Yeah. So now it's about being thin and it's about, and I'm a big guy, man. I got big shoulders. I'm, I'm six, four, you know, it's, so it's about being thin. It's about having a relationship with a booker and having a relationship with, um, with a photographer and having, you know, it's about running all around the city to go to auditions. If no matter if it's raining or snowing, or if it's a hundred degrees outside, you gotta, right. Go from this audition where they need you to wear a suit to another audition where they need you to wear a swimsuit to so another were you, audition. Were you going to auditions like that, like a lot? At certain points of the year, yeah. And then, and that's and that's that's one part of it. And the other part of the year is like nothing. Like you're calling your agent. Like, so what were you doing those? I mean, you were personal training at the so time. So that's when I was personal training because I, I learned very quickly that you can't just because you have an agent. Right. Or just because you're in the city doesn't mean you're going to make money. Right. Right. And just because you have an agent doesn't mean you're going to get jobs. Right. <clears throat> so I needed to get a job that was either uh, like a flexible job or a night job. So the first thing I did was I worked I worked at Ruby Foods Times Square as yeah. a as a, uh, I, I was a bus boy. OK. And a, um, a bar back. So that was the first thing that I did. And um, <clears throat> then I became then I became um, a host at that place. And then I started doing some catering work. And then I met this guy who was a who playing basketball down at West Fourth. I met this guy who was a personal trainer. He was like, "You ever think about being a personal trainer?" And I was like, well, "What's it about?" He was like, "You show people how to work out." I was like, Psh, "I could do that." Yeah. And you get a free gym membership. That's perfect. Mm. Perfect job. So now I get a free what, gym membership. What year was this? This was like two. This is so my first week of my first week of being a personal trainer was 9/11. You know, I was a personal trainer then too. Really? And in, in, in college, it was the only job I could keep. In regards to the hours that allow me to play college ball. Wow. It's yeah. a great job, man. Personal training is a great job, man. Yeah. I, but I remember that week. I remember the day after 9 11, I had a session and we didn't go work out at all. We just sat outside and talked. My The gym that I worked at was a Bally's on Bowling Green. <clears throat> it yeah. was right around the corner from the World Trade Center. Mm. And it was two weeks before that. I had just got a job there. And I was supposed to go into work that day. And it's not one of those things where I would have died or something like that. But I, I woke up and I was like, I had to go to work like that afternoon or something like that. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to work. Yeah. Like, I guess the building's on fire. Oh, the plane crashed into it. Oh, one of them dropped. Oh, wow. So what's it going to be like with one twin tap? Oh, oh both, both of dropped. them dropped. Yeah, <laughs> I had the same thought process as well. Wow. Yeah, I didn't believe it was falling. I looked out, my, I was looking at my mom's place at the time and my brother's bedroom window I could see the World Trade Center. I see yeah. two twin towers. I'm like it's gonna fall. Like I don't believe it. This TV. I look out the window and I see that was. It was just yeah. crazy. It was just a, cr a crazy thing. Like yeah, like it's one of those points in your life. It's like it's one of those points in history where everything just like changed after that moment. Right. You know. Um. <clears throat> so, so and it's funny too because before that, people always talked about after that. They would say, "Man, modeling before 9/11 so much easier." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were giving away contracts. Yeah. 
But then after 9 11, things well, budgets, really difficult. budgets went out the window. Yeah, so it's like one of those things I was like, you know. But I still continued on, and then modeling turned into acting. Because at some point, I was like, well, if I'm going to be going on auditions, I want to, you know, I want to make, I want to make real money. Like I right. want to go. Like I started hearing about people getting national commercials, making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? And they were like, well, you got to get an acting agent. I was like, well, how do I do that? Well, you got to start taking acting classes. So I started taking acting classes, and I fell in love with acting classes. I fell in love with that shit. Like I loved acting. I loved it, man. Did so you I, Did you ever get any gigs? So I did a movie. I had a web series for a while called Back to Basics. I remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. fun, man. We had a lot of fun with that. I wrote, so I co-wrote that, and um, I shot my boy Ciro Mahe, Niroshima. Um, that was a lot of fun. Oh, Bams, his phone's going off oh, in the interview. What's going on? Come on, Bams. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Um, so, yeah, so I did the web series. I got, some, I got a national commercial. Um, I shot a movie. I was on a couple of television shows, so I got some. I got some work. Did you get SAG? I was SAG. Really? Yeah, I was SAG, man. I was so serious about when it. When did you decide to let it go? So I got this thing called the the uh, NBC Diversity Showcase, right? It's a, actually at the time it was a pretty big deal because it, they allowed they um, they had like actors that hadn't blown up yet, and they gave you an opportunity to perform in front of like all the cast and directors in New York City, basically. Oh wow! So after I did that. Uh, like it went into overdrive. Like I was getting so many castings, like so many auditions. So I went into overdrive, man. It was like it was. It started getting like hard. Like, and my because of my approach to acting, it was really difficult. Like I recognize now that the way you do things, the best way to do things is to have fun with them. Like, yeah, but so you're saying, but you think because it got hard, like like. I understand, like, you want to enjoy what you're doing. If, you, right. if, if the passion left, and you got to be passionate when you're working about looking that hard. But things got tough, and you left for that? Nah, it was like, okay, so how can I say this? So I was, so I got to a point where um, went on a bunch of auditions. I got a couple jobs. I was still working. But then I, I got to a point where I was like, do I want my life to be like this? That's different. I understand that. Yeah. Like I started realizing that okay, my main my the goal at the time was I wanted to be, I wanted to either get an, get a movie or I wanted to be a serious regular on a, a national television show. Right. Those are the those were the things that I wanted. And then I started thinking, well, even if I get that, right, what's my life going to be like after that? Because a show could be on TV for you know for a year or for a couple months and then it's gone. Yeah. Like, and I started thinking about the future and having a family. And do I want to be doing this? Do I want to be doing this? Right. You know, when you know, five, 10, 20 you years. You got to weigh out the risk. Yeah, start yeah. thinking about it. Like, where, it, where's the stability here? I know that no, there's no such real, there's no real such thing as stability. But you start right. thinking, having those thoughts, <clears throat> and I was like, do I really want? Do I really want this kind of life? So just did you just in one shot decide I'm not gonna do this anymore? No, I was like over time. Like first, first modeling went because modeling was like, ugh, like I don't even want to. Like anytime that my agent would send me, you know, casting, I'd be like, oh no, I gotta go to this thing. And that's a, that's a sign for me. If I'm like, I gotta, or if I need to, or I should, I'm like, yeah. uh, it's energy draining. And I was like, you know what? So I st so I went to my agent and said, you know, I'm not gonna act anymore. I'm not gonna model anymore. And then acting was the same thing. After a while, I would get an audition and be like, my energy wouldn't. I would at first when I first started getting auditions, I'd be excited. Yeah. I get the sides and I could start working on them and I start getting, I get excited about it. But after a while I would get sides and be like, oh, man. like it, it was a different feeling to it. <clears throat> so I was like, you know, well, at this point, I'm acting and I'm personal training. 
So like, what's the future like? Like, wh- like which one? I l- and I look down the road of being a personal trainer and success in that either means that you become a celebrity trainer, right? Or you open your own gym or something along those lines. And neither of those things I really was like excited about. I, like, like I saw the trainers around me and I, I, and I worked with some of the greatest trainers on earth. You had Garnet Strother yeah. on here, you know, a couple weeks ago. He's one of my best friends and you know, he, if you talk to him about personal training, like he he really loves it. Yeah. He wants to be better. And it was another red flag for me. I didn't really want to get any better. Yeah, right? yeah, that's definitely it was, a red flag. People are reading books and people are trying to find new exercises and new ways to. So how did you figure out that you wanted to? How did you figure out what you're gonna do next? So there? right, so 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 that so that prospect didn't seem that seemed dim. And then the acting thing because of and my what year approach, was this too? This is probably two two thousand twelve. 12 or something like that, 2000, okay. yeah, 2000. Because you and I really connected in 2007 or 8. Yeah. When we ran into each other in Uruguay randomly. Right. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that a, was in plan. So a little side, but before, before we get into that, what were you about to talk about? So, um, bu- 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 bu. so, yo, so yeah, how did I get into coaching? Okay. Basically, right? We were talking about how you get into coaching after we talk about how we, re- how we really connected. So we, we'd known each other. Through uh, parties and through friends, mutual friends. Yeah, we we would go down to uh, we're, uh what was it called? Miami, winter, winter music, music conference. We'd but go we didn't down really there. like we didn't really hang out like that. Right. Until we ran into each other randomly in uh, La Barra in Uruguay. How did that happen? I don't even remember. So how that uh, so I went down to, I went down there with my buddy JB. We didn't really hang out like that. Right. Until we ran into each other randomly in uh, La Barra in Uruguay. How did that happen? I don't even remember. So how that uh, so I went down to, I went down there with my buddy JB. Oh my and, God. <laughs> uh, we had a whole plan to do that and Buenos Aires after. Right. Uh, we're in this hotel in La Barra, in Uruguay, by Punta del Este, and we hear these, these girls speaking English. Just, oh, they must be from New York. They sound like they, they were talking about something about New York. So these American girls, beautiful girls. And, um, but we didn't say anything to them. We didn't talk. They're, they're, we're having breakfast on one table, they're having breakfast on another. Cool. The next day, we see them again, finish breakfast. I go inside, they go inside. I, we get ready to leave, and as we're opening the door, I see you and Dave walk up to the hotel. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you guys doing in Uruguay at our hotel? Is this a joke? And right. well, we're here to see uh, was it Melissa, Ashley, and so it was well, Melissa Wood. Yeah, Melissa Wood, yeah. who's huge now. Yeah, Melissa I don't know if you Wood. Know that. Yeah, I know. I, I, she's been on Good Morning America. She's the she's. Yeah, the I know. Truth. Actually, I, I was talking to her a few years ago, prior to her blowing up with her career because I was working with Cliff Bar and I wanted to do some sort of collaboration with her and Cliff Bar, right. uh, which never really panned out because I don't know if I followed through or whatever. Right, right, right. But that, and then Ashley Stetz. Ashley Stetz has her own modeling agency I know, now. which which one of the, someone we're going to interview after you today uh, is on the agency. And it sets, wow. ma- sets model management. Right, Yeah. right, right. So it was and Ashley the, Stetz, then, it, was, it was Melissa Wood and then it was Chris, uh, Kristen Nelson? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And I, we, we met them there through you guys, and we right. just kind of stayed in touch here and there. But, yeah. Right. And, and how that ended up happening, we, we didn't plan, like, oh, we're all going to go to, to, um, to uh, Uruguay together. It was like me and Dave were going to go, and then we found out they were going to go. <clears throat> really? Yeah. And then we happened to run, run into you guys. And then we happened there. to run into you guys. That was so random. We hung out in, in uh, what is it? Three ninety nine. <laughs> Don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> we hung out in Buenos Aires and had a good time. You had a good time. That's it. <laughs> I got a lemon. <laughs> Don't you ask. 
<laughs> You're married. Yeah, yeah. This is a long time. I mean, ago. I just anyway. <laughs> Next, uh, back to like, how'd you get into coaching? Oh <laughs> man! Wow. Yeah. So much, so much fun. That's when I first, in a side note, that's when I first like fell in love with like steak and like red wine. And that, that was, was like, the oh, best. Actually, when we went oh to that, that dinner at the Fina Hotel in Buenos Aires, that was the first, that's the first time I went to the Fina, that was way before they opened up the one in Miami. And that was the best steak and red wine combo I ever had in my life. Oh, man. And the, and the dollar went so far. Oh, hell yeah. I felt like a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, most places. I'll have two of them. You matter of fact, I'll have seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about the steakhouse or? <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Uh, jo- wow. Joking. Wow. Um, anyway. So. <laughs> Wait, I'm oh. sorry. I've been gone for a minute. What have I missed? <laughs> <laughs> you missed the good stuff. Don't worry about it. You can see it when you cut the video. <laughs> uh, so, so then oh, let's go back to how you got into executive coaching. Right. So, all right. So I got to this crossroads and I don't know. I can't even tell you like the moment where it happened because I had heard of the term life coach before. And I can't even pinpoint the moment where it was like it dawned on me like, oh, that might be a cool thing. Because this whole time, you know, modeling, acting, personal training, I had this like this love for personal development. Like, yeah. I know. I mean, it sounds even kind of weird. For no, me to it say doesn't. Now. It makes sense because you're helping people yeah. physically. But when, you're, when you have clients and loyal clients as a, as a personal trainer, I believe you get to know them and give them advice on their personal life. Because, it, 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 you know, there are some trainers that are like, you know do this, do that, do this, do that. And that's like, and they're like drill sergeants right. about it. That was never, that's not really my, that's not really my personality. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we do a set, we do, we, we work hard, we get it in, but then, you know, we, we, we're developing a relationship. Some yeah. of the people who, you know, who I was, you know, who I had as clients went to my wedding and I went to their weddings and you started developing a relationship. Of course. With yeah. Um, so, but I had this, even before that, my sister bought me this book. It was a TD Jakes book called um, Maximize the Moment. And in the introduction to that, it's the first self-improvement book I ever read. Mm-hmm. And the introduction to that book changed my life. Changed my life, man. He says this thing. He talks about John F. Kennedy. And he lists some of This is an introduction. He lists a bunch of his accomplishments, all the things he did, all the, you know, the things he did. He's president of the United States. And then he says, you know, then, you know, President Kennedy died. Yeah. Right? And he said, on his gravestone, there is a date, there's a line, and there's a date. And he said the first date is the day he came to this world. The last date, the second date was the date he left this world. And then that one simple line symbolizes everything that ever happened is in his entire life. Mm-hmm. And he said, one day you'll have a date, a line, and a date. Mm-hmm. And it's your responsibility what happens in that line. Yeah. And I read that and it that reading that changed my everything. Cause it was like Wow, it never really dawned on me that, oh, this is my responsibility. I'm creating this. Oh, this is, yeah, I'm creating this. I yeah. decide. It, like, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know it until I saw it, read that line. And after that, I just got crazy with, like, okay, if that's, if that's the case, then what's the best way for me to do this? And I studied, and I started to study personal development. Mm-hmm. Started studying Wayne Dyer and Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and all these other people. And anything I can get my hands on that would gave me any clue at all about what's the best way to live life and to get through this journey that we call life. So I, I got obsessed with it. So 
So that was happening while I was personal training, modeling, and acting, right? So that's tw 18 years go by, and I'm faced with this, well, what do I want to be doing? And then this life coach. I was like, hmm, well, what is that? And I had heard that term years before, but I never, it never really resonated with me before. Like, what does that mean to be a life coach? You know, I got a, <clears throat> I got a thing about when I hear people being life coaches because, because the qualification, the barrier to entry. This, and, it's a barrier. And, is there, is yeah. there, and, and I, and I want to ask you this. Is there any formal yeah. education you can take no. to better qualify you as somebody to coach somebody's life? Right. So I'll get to that in a second. So, that, so, so I was like, all right. So I started to do more and more research on what it actually means to be a life coach. I didn't want to just get caught up in the glamour of it. I want to know what it really is. So right. I started to study about what it means to be a life coach, what it really, really means. And um, I started to, it, I started to learn. I started to coach just friends yeah. of mine. I had this little, I had this process that I. Now, came I remember up with. You, you, uh, you, you were in LA and you, right. you did a whole work through with with BB. BB, yeah, yeah. Shout out yeah. to BB. Yeah. In yeah, LA. Shout out to um, yeah, so there's, there's this thing that I created, and I started to put people through it. And then um, I said, well, I want to really, I started to realize, like, if I'm going to do this, I want to really do it. Like, I want to be, I don't want to just be some, like, for me, it's always important for me to separate myself from the pack. What's right? your differentiator? Yes, exactly. So I said, well, I want to get trained in this. So I started to look into different trainings, and I found um, this organization called IPEC. And they really had an extensive, it's a nine month program that you go to. It's an intense nine month program that you go to where they really, they really, really teach you what it means to be a coach and what it really is to be a coach. Are there any programs like bachelor degrees, master's degrees meant for this PhDs? I think, um, so I think Columbia has, has something. I think Columbia has, has a program for coaching. I think, um, NYU may have a, may have, would a, you consider doing those programs if you felt so what I did was, so I went through that. So, so I went through the program in uh, Georgetown also has a program. Okay. There's lots of different schools that have programs now for, for coaching. So I did what I did and it really did give me a, a, an amazing amount of understanding of what it really means to be a coach. And it, it, it really helped to, for me to understand the difference between a coach, a consultant, an advisor, and a therapist, which is really, really important to understand. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, I got a lot of experience coaching other coaches. I was coached myself. I learned about coaching. Like it was an extensive, it was an intense program. Right. Like we were spent, we, you really are immersed in this world. Um, and for anybody out there who's thinking about being a coach, like get, be, be, be trained. Don't be, don't, if you, if you thought about being a, a lawyer, if you thought about being a surgeon, you wouldn't just fucking start doing surgery on motherfuckers. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly why my issue is like the majority of these life coaches, I mean, yeah. Um, are people who couldn't figure out what they wanted to do in life yeah, and decided somebody. to coach other people. But how are you qualified to coach somebody on how to live their life if right. you don't know what you want to do in your life? It doesn't, right, it, right. So the thing is this, right. So that's a, that's a great question. It's a great point, right? So in coaching, what you really learn how to do is you learn how to, it's not about giving advice. It's not like, hey, Jeremy, this is what I think you should do. Based, you know, that's an advisor. An advisor does that. Right. Advisor, like you go to an advisor and you say, "Hey, listen, advisor, you know, based upon what a good advisor, based upon what you've done in your life, I want to do what you've done. Can you help me? Right. Can you help so me to figure it out?" So, 
it, that's that's what an advisor gives you advice. A consultant, very similarly, you go into a consultant, you say, "Hey, listen, this is my problem," and a consultant maps out a maps out a plan, and they say, "This is your plan." But, you, but plan. what you got, what you do is essentially pull the answers out of the person, make them realize what they're like a therapist right. does, but more geared towards business, right? It's geared towards the so I am present and future oriented mm -hmm. and some forms of therapy are also you know present and future oriented but i i'm not going back into i'm not dealing with um with trauma yeah. past trauma yeah. i'm not dealing with mental illness uh i'm dealing with a person who's who's well functioning right who is doing pretty good and wants to do better how long have you been doing this now five years now full time full time well full time so I started five years ago. So I went through school in 2016, yeah. 2016, 2017. It took about a year for me to finish all the requirements for school. And I, I, I started coaching like right away. Did you and drop personal training right away? So this is what happened. So for a while, at first it was, I was part-time coach and I was full-time trainer. And then it started to be, I was half and half. And then it got to a point where I was like full-time coach, but part-time trainer. But I still had a couple of clients who I really cared about, who I really loved serving. And some I didn't. <laughs> that I did I but I wanted <laughs> I wanted to move on and just do full time yeah. coaching. But I couldn't really figure out how to do it. I couldn't figure out how to make that complete leap. And then COVID happened. That's funny because with me that's what happened with nightlife. Right. You know. It like it gave mm. me and it probably it did the same thing for you. It gave you an out. Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, kind of like you, I've been doing building outsiders for five years prior. Right, right. So right. I wasn't like, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to just snap my fingers, be like done with that life, into the, done with that world and into this new world without having the base, have built the base. Right, yeah. right, right. So it gave me that ability to say, you know what, I'm, I'm completely done with this and I'm going to focus 100% on my coaching. And, uh, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but has it recouped? The, the the income that you missed out from uh, from personal training? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Well, then yeah. in that case, we got crack a beer and say yeah, cheers man. to that. Babe, you got a beer back there? <laughs> cheers. Always got a beer back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cheers. cheers. That's, that's something to be very proud of. I'm proud of you, man. It's been great, man. Because really, it, it came down to focus. Like it really came down to focus, man. Yeah. It really like what you focus on. What you focus on is what grows. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's just it's just the way that it can't be any other way than that. And, and uh, what's your long term vision with this? I mean, do you plan on scaling? What do you see yourself doing with this in order to take it to the next level? Because you can't you can't be stagnant, right? You right. can't stay the same. That's right. that's essentially falling backwards. Right. Where do you grow? So there's a few ways to grow. So you know, continuing continuing to work with the clients that I have and improve my own skills and become the best coach that I can be. That's that's always going to be the thing, right? Because mm -hmm. I think I really believe in what I do. Right. Then the next stage is to turn back and start to help coaches who are just starting off. Right. Because I think there's a there's a there's a gap. There's well, there's 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 people who don't really know what coaching is and they want so to get teaching into it. teaching new coaches to be good coaches. Right. That's right. That's a great idea. Right. So it so it, that it develops into a coaching and leadership academy. Not to coach you, but you should start coming up with uh, curriculums. I'm already there, buddy. Oh, well then. Cheers. <laughs> Sorry. I think you might need, you, you should put together some spreadsheets for that. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Bams. Yes, exactly. No, never! <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine him like having nightmares about spreadsheets. <gasps> <gasps> spreadsheets, lines, numbers. Oh, it was terrible. 
<laughs> and, and then I look next to me and it's a spreadsheet. Oh no! <laughs> now, let's get into some of these more specific questions um, right, we it. asked everybody. Unless, unless you want to keep on talking about the progression of, of coaching. Oh, you know, it, like I said, it, it goes to starting to turn back. That's kind of been my plan all along was uh, I want to I go through it and then I want to turn around and tell people what I've learned. Yeah. Right. And how people you become a leader that way. Yeah. Right. By going through it. So I'm not talking about something I don't know about. Like, I've been through it. I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to not have clients and not know where your next client's coming from. I know what that's like. Yeah. I know it, it hurts. Right. So and, and it's and you don't have to go. It doesn't have to be that way. There's a way of going through it where it's not it's not as hard. Right. I mean, it still involves focus and it involves no but at least if you have someone who's made the mistakes who's been through the struggle and give you advice you don't have to make those mistakes exactly or go into it blindly so right. i think it's a great idea i think it's a great way right. again organization we joke about spreadsheets but you have to come up with with like a full curriculum put those right. spreadsheets together have your business team put the spreadsheets right 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 um what does success mean to you success means that well the, a few things a few, a few things come up for me because success is for each of us to define, mm -hmm. right? Success is not a exactly why I, I is why we ask everybody on this show. What does success mean to you? Like success means um, the first thing that comes up for me is happiness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you know. What, nothing matters if you're not happy, man. No matter how much money you have, it doesn't and, matter. And you're, you're in a happy. place in your life where I feel like you've got this career that you've wanted. You've gotten right. away from personal training. Right. You've got a wife. Mm -hmm. um, I have a listen. I love you. Yeah, she's awesome. She rode with us. You guys rode with us to the Rockaway ride, and she was crushing it. On the yo, bike. man, let's just can we she just stop for a second and talk about that. Terrible. Yeah, she, <laughs> yo, it's always like that. She's an athlete, it's, man. It's always, yeah. always like that. So we went to um, Costa Rica for my 40th birthday, right? And we climbed. The, the, you ever been to Costa Rica? No, but that's on oh, the list of places for outsiders. Oof. Costa Rica is the best, best place on earth. That in Italy. Um, in my opinion, mm -hmm. so we we climbed this volcano. This is thing. It's called Gravity Falls. That's the name of the the thing you go. On. Was that Gravity Falls? No, it's a different one where you climb a volcano. Okay. And at the top of the volcano, there's like a lake on top of this volcano, and you climb up to it, and then you climb. And at first, we're right next to each other. Yeah. And then she starts getting a little bit ahead of me. Mm -hmm. She starts getting a little bit ahead of me, and then the, and then it breaks up into three packs of people. And there's the, like the, the, the instructors who are like climbing and swinging off of trees and yeah. wilding out. And then there's people who are in pretty good shape and then there's like older people there in the back. I was yeah. in the middle group and she's right there with the instructors. Yeah. That's what the first What does she time. do for work? She's an artist. She's an artist and a teacher. Oh, well, so she's not in any sort of fitness industry. <laughs> no. Wow, okay. She's just a monster. Yeah. She's just, it's, 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 I was talking trash her on the ride. Like, stop showing off. Look, I'm pulling this 100-pound nah, cooler by Rover. You don't want to, don't. No. <laughs> no. Yo, she's a physical, you know, I'm I'm be honest with you, man. One time we were play fighting. <laughs> <laughs> One time we were play fighting, man. And um, I didn't feel like playing. Like, she I put really her hands on you. I didn't really feel like playing. <laughs> she always wants to joke around and egg me on and get me to play. I didn't really feel like playing, man. She kept playing, kept playing. And next, you know, we ended up wrestling. She put me in a headlock, man. I couldn't get out. You woke up? How, I legitimately, <laughs> I woke up, it was in the hospital. So I legitimately could not get out. She had me in a front face lock. Really? I legitimately could not get out. Wow. <laughs> she's, she's a beast and she's in great shape, man. man. You wouldn't tell looking at her. Oh, she's yeah. pretty, you know, she she's like real she's girly. But, yo. Um, the reason why I bring that up as far as, uh, 
you being married and all that, you seem to have everything falling into place with what you want in life. Are you, are you happy? Are you feeling success right now? You know, sometimes you feel successful, sometimes you don't feel successful. Of course. And I think that's like that. I think, you know, at least where I'm at right now and the perspective I have right now, sometimes you feel like you're on top of the world, sometimes you don't. And that's sometimes life. Sometimes you feel like enough, sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, let's keep on going. Stupid jokes. Um, what <laughs> so, advice would you give high school you? Buy Apple. <laughs> buy Apple All right, stock. cool, yeah. Uh, good <laughs> advice. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, one of them would be buy Apple stock. But then I guess um, if, if we can get a little more philosophical, I would tell, I would say um, just take your time. Just take your time and focus. Mm -hmm. Take your time and focus. And don't get caught up in uh, Marcus Schenkenberg's success. Right. And wear a condom. Yeah. <laughs> wear a condom. It doesn't seem like a lot of fun, but... That's okay. always good advice. It's, that's great advice. Um, <laughs> that is really good advice. What is your favorite part of Outsiders? You've been, you've been to one, right? The Rockaway Ride? I went to one. You know what? I, I, I got to say, man, I got a lot of respect for what you're doing, man. I think it's Appreciate really it. super dope. I think it's really super dope because, you know, you start off as a club promoter. Right, and after a while, you start to age out of that. Like you probably, you probably know some older club promoters, and it's maybe they seem like they're having fun, but I don't know, man. It seems a little bit, I don't know. You see, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm -hmm. Right. So I like the fact that you, as you've gotten older, as you mature, so is your business. And you know, outsiders is something. It's something that's new. It's something that's innovative. It's something that's fun. It's like taking all the cool kids, you know, from the club. Who are kind of tied to the club too, and they want to have they want to have fun, but in a different way. An authentic connection too. Yeah, people yeah. have a good like in a club. You can't even talk to people. Like, no, like, exactly. You know, you can't even talk to people. Outsiders, you can stop. You can start to talk to people, and you know, have and start to build real connections with people, and really hear people, and really see. people. So your favorite part of it were was the potential for making connections with people. You know what? It's a few things that I liked about it. I liked that it was physically active. We did the we did the ride from um, from Manhattan to the Rockaways, which was hard for me, man. Yeah. That damn bike seat. I, 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 yeah, you got, I, I should have asked me. I wear bike padded shorts, Oof. and I got a special seat because if you don't have a special seat as a man, it can affect it can affect some things. Really? Yeah. Oh well, thanks for telling me now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Brian. Sorry, you're, Melissa. <laughs> you're ruined. Thanks for showing up to the outsiders. <laughs> um, um. So the so the fact that you that you know the activity. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was cool that um, it seemed like it was, you know, the club scene, right, can be really, like, exclusive. You know, there's a red velvet rope. Yes. Right? Yeah, and yeah. you over there, you can't come in here. And this person, you come in here, and it's, it's very exclusive, which is, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not shitting on it. It is what it is, right? This was very inclusive. It was yeah. like, come on, man. Let's have a good time together. Yeah. Let's all come and play together. If, if, yeah. It felt like, like we were kids again, but we're adults. Exactly. Exactly, and that's the feeling we're going for, especially like riding your bike. It's nostalgic. Yo, we riding our <laughs> yo riding our bikes, man. Yeah. It's so, as a group, it's kind of for like Goonies or ET. You know? Yo, I remember as a kid, like it'd be so much fun with a bunch of us riding our bikes. Yeah, that's what we're recreating. Like yeah, we even have dope. a side group chat for those from the outsiders who, who um, who ride who love to ride, and we have a WhatsApp chat. It's not really an outsiders thing per se officially, but like it's definitely something where we have that that group. 
tribal chosen yeah. family is what I like to describe it as. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So I, I got I got a lot of respect for you. I really I really appreciate what you're doing, man. I appreciate that. I'm glad you you joined. And it's funny. Uh, I love that you've been asking what's coming up because it seems like you got that bug in you now. So no, nah, it's fun, that. man. Like it, it's fun. It's fun, especially after you know after the 18. <clears throat> How long has it been since the beginning of COVID? It's been a long time now. Uh, March 2020, so, uh, yeah, over a year and a half. Well, about a year and a half. Yeah, about 18, 19 months. Yeah. Especially after everything that's happened and not, not, you know, people want to be around people. People want to be outside. Both, yeah. People want to be around people. People want to be outside. People want to be active. Mm -hmm. And this is a way for people to be active. Yeah. You know, going climbing, riding bikes, surfing. like, And it's not for experts. This is like anybody. Like, like you yeah. rode to Rockaway. Who would have thought you would have rode 22 miles? That's how long it was? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's fun, man. It's fun. And I think a lot of us miss that. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, you know, a few months back, like, like, you know, in New York, it's like all it's, it's, it's really a lot about like the job that you do. At least for me. I can only speak for me. It's really about focusing in and the job that you do and hustling. Yeah. Like a lot of my friends, like have moved out of New York, and what's left here, all the hustlers are still here. Yeah, all the hustlers are here. Yeah, like I, the people that want to just enjoy life, a lot of them moved away, but all the hustlers are still here. And New York's really about that hustle and getting it in, and you know, you it's know, not easy stacking bread. But those who accept things. the challenge are here, right? So, but I started to think to myself, well, where's like the fun in my life now? Like, where's the fun? I agree. I've asked myself that. the same. I enjoy outsiders, even though it's work. I enjoy it. Yeah, but it's fun, man. Yeah. And the, it's good to be focused. It's good to create. It's good to hustle if you, that's what you love to do. If it's good to make money. It's good to, you know, it, all those things are good. But, like, I started thinking, like, where, like, where's the fun of my life? And the only thing I was left with was, like, my business. My business is fun to me. Yeah. But that's not fun, fun, though. That's yeah, not yeah, fun. Bro. That's not, like, kid fun. That's not, yeah. like, ride your bikes fun. That's not, like, ride, right. climb yeah. a mountain fun. Yeah. You know? So I think it's dope for that, man. I appreciate it. Glad you like it. Uh, what is a dream you've yet to achieve? We're running a little low on time, so. Dream. 57? Okay. Family. Okay. I have a beautiful, a beautiful, um, loving, uh, healthy You think you're going to start family. that soon? Okay. Uh, <laughs> what is your most embarrassing moment? I know you got a good one. And if it doesn't come to mind, we'll skip this question. Ah, oh, but I know I have a good one in there. It's pr I'm, I'm thinking about the times I've tripped. I just remember I've the time you got me really drunk in Miami on tequila shots. That was, I used to love that so much. Oh, yeah. I used to love, like. I hated the, you the next day. Oh, man, we just go to the bar. You know what I used to do around that time? I would go, and I would get go to the bar, and if someone was next to me, I'd just buy him a shot. Yeah. Shot to <laughs> yeah. I used to love, the, I used to love to drink so much. Embarrassing moment, embarrassing moment. That's a tough one, man. Yeah. I, I want to give you one. It's not because I'm so yeah. cool that I don't have embarrassing moments. No, I know moments. you have embarrassing moments. I want to have it's, a. It's hard to think on the spot sometimes. So I get it. Maybe maybe the headlock. The headlock. Headlocks your way. Maybe the headlock. I right. hurt my hurt my feelings. Is there anything I haven't asked you you want to share with the audience? Um Life is what you make it, man. Okay. I mean anything about yourself too. I mean that that's obviously Life is what you make it. Um if you you know, nothing great happens without help. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm not a religious person, but 
there was this guy named Jesus, and <laughs> Jesus had 12 other dudes. Yeah. And Jesus was supposed to be this. Yeah. So, like, you know, nothing great happens in a vacuum. Nothing great happens without help. So, you know, if you really want to create something great, get some help. Create a team. Mm -hmm. get, you know, get, reach out to somebody who's done it before. Right. You know, um, get focused and enjoy it, too. Like, if it's not fun to do, I mean, maybe fun's not a big value of yours, man, but, you know, figure out what your values are. My value is fun and have fun doing and it. And book a session with this guy so we can do this, you know, for you personally. Yeah, I'd love to. Listen, if you if there's something that you want to create and there's something. We'll, we'll, put, we'll put your contact, your, yeah. your Instagram handle on the video and all that stuff. Right. I love to work with people who have a vision, yeah. um, who want well, a little you gotta bit of help. You got to help them get a vision, too. You know what? It helps, it helps if they have at least an inkling of it. Because because if you come in like oh, I don't know what I want then I yeah you're choosing you're choosing that okay. you're choosing not to know I'm gonna cut you short a little bit because we are running low on oh, time go. and the last part of the last segment of this interview is uh, five rapid fire questions let's do it uh, you know how it works so I'm just gonna go ahead and start favorite city other than New York City Florence okay uh, what's your vice. Ooh, can you say that on air? <laughs> yeah, weed. I love to smoke weed. I okay. haven't smoked it over over a year, but I love to smoke. Okay, weed. Uh, <laughs> who would you coach if you could coach anybody? In, in, Kanye West. Kanye West. Yeah, I'd love to talk to Kanye. Okay. Uh, how many kids do you want? Four. Four kids. Four. All right. And what's your favorite food? Lasagna. Lasagna. Bring it out. Bring it out. Where's that damn lasagna? Now, where'd you get the lasagna from? I got, where's this place called? It's called, it's like lasagna something. So it's a new place you're trying out? It's a place, that's, it's a place that makes, yeah, I've never eaten this lasagna before. All right, so you're trying, we got two kinds of lasagna here. I got here. two kinds of lasagna. I hope it's good, yo, because lasagna, sometimes you go to a restaurant and it's not as good as you, it's not like, it don't travel well. Pass one over here and we're going to try, uh, we'll, we'll try both. Oh, so this is, one of them, what's the name? <laughs> Move that back so people can see oh. you. <laughs> this shit looks banging, dude. All right, pass one over. So there's one of them they call the lazy lasagna. I think they threw a bunch of lasagna ingredients in this thing. Yeah. This one is the traditional lasagna. So which one do you, you want to try? One first. Lazy one. And you have uh, utensils. Utensils for me. What's your favorite bread? Is this the plastic one? No, no. I gave you actually two really good plastic forks. Very good. It's okay. And uh, yeah, it's Italian bread. Oh, okay. But here, pass one over. It's supposed to be here. Here's a fork. So give me a napkin too, please. <laughs> Excuse oh me. That beer. <laughs> You're disgusting. Don't worry, I'll bleep that out. No, or don't. <laughs> we fuck it. All right. So why is lasagna your favorite food? My mom used to make the, the uh, bomb lasagna, dude. Okay. She made the, she and and uh, your mom passed, right? My mom passed in tw I, I want to say it was 2011. Um, I love my, yo, I love my mom, dude. Very, very, very much. It was like, that was the most difficult thing in my life ever. That's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened in my life was a call that I got from my brother. My, my mom was, had died. Cause it was like out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Like she had some health problems and, you know, she, she had some, you know, um, kidney problems and I thought she was good. She had an operation a few months before and, um, I was in acting class. And um, I saw messages on my phone, and I got back to I was dating I was, since I was dating 
dating at the time, the girl I was dating at the time, I was at her place, and I listened to the message, and they were like, Brian, call, you know, call, call your brother. Yeah. And um, I called him, he told me, and I lost my shit, dude. It was the most, it felt like, man, like, it's, it was like confusing, and it was just, it, there's nothing that can describe how that felt, man. I've spoken to friends who lost, lost their parents, specifically their mom, and um, a lot of them say that's the hardest thing they've ever had to deal with. I don't even want to think about it it's, for it's myself. Tough. It's not something I even want to discuss, to be honest with you, so, yeah. It was real hard. But what was your mom's name? Evelyn. Evelyn. Well, we, we're eating this lasagna in Evelyn's honor. Hers is way better than this, but this is really good. This is, <laughs> this is actually really good. And if hers is way better than this, then I hope someone has that recipe. <laughs> the recipe because oh, this is delicious. This is fucking banging. Yeah. Thank you, man. What's the name of it? I, I got to give this. It, it, give him a shout out. What's this restaurant's name? It's called um, Lasagna King. No, I'm where is it? it where is it? It's on, okay, so it's on 39th and Lex. I can't remember the lasagna's name. 39th and Lex in Manhattan. Lasagna Champs or This is like really that. good. Be sure to check them out. We got to cut this uh, interview short. We'll probably have you back at some point. Yeah, I'll be back, man. And um, I'll break some out something else I like. You got to speak into the mic so we can hear you, but. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, being part of the interview. Brian, I got to <laughs> learn things about you I didn't really know. I've known you for over a decade, and uh, I appreciate you coming through. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'd love to come back and talk some more shit. Let's do it. Let's do it. But for now, I'm starving, so let's go. Let's go. Thank you. <laughs>